0: In verse number 9 as you're turning there in your Bibles you can also find it available on the screens I want to give honor to Pastor Johnson as he is ministering out of state pray the Lord be with him and protect him and cover him and use him as he is operating there out of state and ministering we love and appreciate our pastor and we are so thankful for him and his family We love them I feel the Lord directing me to this and something that I know without a shadow of a doubt we need to we need to get into, and so the Bible says this in Second Kings chapter number 3 and verse number 9, and if you're new here at Revival Church or you're new to reading the Bible, what you'll see in the bottom there in parentheses is KJV, and what that stands for is King James Version. You may have a Bible that is uh, NLT, New Living. You may have a English Standard Bi- Bible, ESV. You'll have... Uh, there's different versions of the Bible, and so we want to let you know what we're reading today is from the King James Version. What you have is perfect. You read that, get that. We, we jump from different versions sometimes. It's the way it's translated, and I want to encourage you, if you're getting into the Word of God or you haven't but you want to get started, the best way is to jump right in. Jump right in. Find a translation of the Bible that you're able to read that you can understand. Listen to that. Somebody say, listen to it listen to it, read it, just get some, my, my son Braden, he told me uh, yesterday, he said, I've got a powerful verse for you tomorrow, oh, I got a powerful verse for you tomorrow, and uh, he's reading, he's got a, he's got a Bible, and then he's got, you know, an app for the Bible, because he's eight years old, so obviously everything has to deal with technology, he's like, I got a powerful verse for you tomorrow, and so, what's amazing is the Word of God will always speak to us where we are. Always, The only time it doesn't speak is when we're not in it. That's the only time. And so when you need a word from God, and this is something we want to do daily, I want to be in the word of God. Maybe you have trouble with some of your thoughts. Start listening to the word of God. Start reading the word of God. That sounds so simple, right? Oh, I came to church and all he said was listen. No, but I'm telling you, when that is in your mind, that's what you're thinking about. That's what you're thinking about. That when, when you're memorizing scripture, that's what you're thinking about. So whatever we consume is going to be what we're thinking. And so I want to encourage you get into the word of God. I'm going to read quickly. So the king of Israel went, and the king of Judah, and the king of Edom, and they fetched a compass of seven days journey. They walked seven days, and there was no water for the host and for the cattle that followed them. And the king of Israel said, alas, the Lord has called us three kings together, and he's going to deliver us into the hand of Moab, into the hand of the enemy. He's real negative. But Jehoshaphat said this, is there not a prophet of the Lord that we can inquire of the Lord? And one of the king of Israel's servants said, well, there's Elisha of Shaphat, which poured water on the hands of Elijah. And Jehoshaphat said, the word of the Lord is with him. So the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat and the king of Edom went down to the prophet Elisha. And Elisha says to the king of Israel, and you have to understand this, this is the son of Ahab. Ahab and Jezebel. This king did not do things right in the eyes of God. But when there was a crisis. But when there was a crisis. He knew who he needed to run to. And so notice, this, I love, I love Elisha. Elisha, just like Elijah, he is straight up. Anybody know anybody that's just straight up? Tell you like it is. You think, oh, I'm going to go to the prophet of God. The prophet of God is going to have the heart playing right now. He's going to walk in. There's going to be nice candles. He's going to be polite. What can I do for you? Here's some brand new chanclas. Put these on. Whatever you need. No. You know what Elisha, this is, what Elisha, this is not me. I'm not making this up. So the Bible says. Elisha says, what are you doing here? What do I got to do with you? Why don't, notice what Elisha, Elisha's got some attitude. He says, why don't you go to the prophets of your dad and of your mom? Why don't you go to the false prophets? And the king of Israel said to him, no, 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 no. Because the Lord has called us together and he's going to deliver us into the hand of Moab. He's desperate because he feels like they're going to die. And Elisha says, as the Lord of hosts lives, before whom I stand, surely, he says, if it wasn't for Jehoshaphat, I wouldn't even be talking to you right now. If it wasn't for the one that did things right with the Lord, I would have no time for you. I wouldn't, this is what the Bible says, I wouldn't even look towards you. I wouldn't even see you today. But now, bring me a minstrel. Bring me a musician. And it came to pass that when the minstrel played, that the hand of the Lord came upon him. And he said, Thus saith the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Make this valley, this desert that you are in, make it full of ditches. You're not going to see wind. You're not going to see rain. Yet this valley shall be filled with water that you will drink, you and your cattle and your beast, everybody with you. And this is but a light thing in the sight of the Lord. He will deliver the Moabites also in your hand. And ye shall smite every fenced city and every choice city and shall fall every good tree and stop all the wells of water and every good piece of land with stones. Verse number 20. And it came to pass in the morning. This will be the last verse right here. When the meat offering was offered that behold, there came water by the way of Edom and the country. This desert place was filled with water. With the help of the Lord for the next few minutes, I want to speak to you on this simple thought. Digging when it doesn't make sense. Digging when it does not make sense. I know we worship together. We prayed together. And one more time, I'm going to ask you to join with me because have you ever been in church and especially right now in the middle of the fast, you get hungry, you start thinking about cinnamon pop tarts. Toasted with some cold, cold milk. Anybody, anybody there? Just me. Sometimes you'll be in church and all of a sudden your stomach starts talking to you. Like, oh my goodness. I thought I was supposed to start in tongues and my, my stomach's talking. And it's so easy to get distracted with all kinds of things going on. But for this next little while, I want us to focus our hearts and our minds on what God wants to do, what God wants to say to us today. Amen. Would you pray with me? God, we're so thankful for this opportunity you have blessed us with. We know. Your word can stand all by itself. It can stand all by itself, and it does. But you've allowed us this opportunity to journey through your word together. And so we pray and ask that you would prepare our hearts, our minds, our soul, our spirit for what you desire to do. It's you and you alone that make the difference. Let that difference be made. I pray a special anointing upon your people, God, those that are here in person, those that are online. And Lord, I praise you would anoint them, that you would anoint me, that you would would remove error from my mind and from my mouth. Help us together, God, and we promise. will be certain to give you the glory and the honor. In Jesus' name, we pray. In Jesus' name, we pray. One more time, would you shout his name? You may be seated. 2 Kings chapter number 3, it starts, Jehoram, Jehoram, the son of Ahab, was the king of Israel. He didn't do things right in the eyes of God. And Ahab was his father. Ahab was even worse and this is what is happening right here that is leading up to what we just read. There was the king of Moab. He was Mesha, the king of Moab, and he was a sheep breeder. And so while Ahab was alive, he would have this certain tax that he would provide the sheep and the wool of 100,000 rams. But when Ahab died, when he died, he said, this is my chance. I'm done paying you, I'm done giving you what I've been giving you, I'm done with that agreement, now is my chance. Now that the sun is in charge, I'm coming after the sun. So, as soon as things begin to change, all of a sudden, the enemy is getting a little bit more brave. The enemy is stepping up because there's a transition. And now is a clear opportunity for him to take over. And so he's telling the king of Israel, Yeharon, I am not going to pay you anymore. As a, and a matter of fact, I'm coming after you. I'm going to take it. I'm going to come after you. And Jehoram realizes this is going to be a time of war. I'm going to have to go after him. I don't want to wait for him. I'm going to have to go after him. And so he goes to Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, Judah and Israel being separated. But together here, and, they, they, and he asked Jehoshaphat, I said, will you, will you fight with me? And Jehoshaphat, a God-fearing man, says, I'll, I'll fight with you. As you are, I am. My horses are your horses. I will go with you. I will be with you. And he says, well, what, what way are we going to go? He we said, we're going to go through the desert. We're going to go through the wilderness of Edom. So it is now the king of Edom. It is now Jehoshaphat. It is now Jehoram. And they are there together. And here's the thing. They have this master plan. They're excited. They're ready for battle. We're about to go show him who is boss. We're about to go and we're about to declare this. And I'm going to make sure he knows I'm nobody to mess with. The problem is they're only seven days in and they run out of water. Isn't it, isn't it almost funny how we start our years sometimes? Anybody start the year like, this is my year? That game-changing year. Throw all my clothes away because they're not going to fit. And you're left with just pajamas. Might have to wear those every day now. The beginning of the year, it starts strong. You have plans. You have intentions. You have goals. You have dreams and aspirations. And I'm going to accomplish this. I'm going to get this done. But then a little bit of time goes by. And you're like, this isn't exactly what I thought. How many of you right now, right, 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 right when you started the fast, this is the fast. Pastor only wants us to fast 21 days. I'm gonna go 121. I feel strong. I can do anything. These lifesaver mints and this water will carry me through the valley. It will carry me through the mountaintop. And then day one, lunchtime, and you're like, Lord, I need thee. Oh, I need thee. Lord, just one burrito. I won't, even get, I, I won't even get it supreme, God. Just one. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Where it starts strong, you're excited, then all of a sudden, the conditions. Where are you? The situation becomes bigger than you thought. It's more than what you originally had envisioned. And here they are, seven days in. Armies, cattle, cattle. Beast, and there's no water. And immediately, immediately, the one that started all this, haram, this king of Israel, this guy, right away says, "Oh Lord, have you brought us here just to deliver us into the hand of the enemy?" Anybody have anybody that's negative? Anybody know anybody? Not not anybody in this church, not anybody sitting by you, but somewhere else. Always negative. As soon as things don't work out, all of a sudden, everything's falling apart. Everything's falling apart. Oh, this is it. I thought this was my year, but I I thought I was going to have a breakthrough, but it's just a breakdown. Oh, I thought I was going to have abundance, but here it is. Everything's being taken from me. Anybody know what I'm talking about? The moment it gets hard, all of a sudden, they become an expert on what you can't do. Well, I told you. Remember, I told you. You didn't tell me anything. Remember, I said, well, I remember I said it could not work out. Something super general. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You have that. Can I just encourage somebody? That's not the type of voice that you need in your life. That is not the type of person you need speaking into your life. As you are on this journey, as you have made this commitment, as you have declared that things are going to start changing, things are going to be different, there is business that needs to be handled. Don't allow the voice of those that are negative and those that are critical, of those that, notice, he was the one that did not value the voice of God. What does that mean? Well, to me, that shows this. Those that value the voice of God will understand and will have a different approach than those that don't value the voice of God. Because notice the the difference between the king of Israel and the king of Judah. When it's getting tough, he says, oh, this is where we die. This is where it's at. Anybody know, anybody dramatic? Oh, this is it. Seven days in. You're the king, bro. You are the leader. You brought all these people with you. And now you're crying that it's over because it's difficult. Now you're crying that this is the end of it. When you are the one that wanted to come out here. But you didn't value the voice of God. Because in crisis, all he does, this is what he does. In crisis, he highlights what the enemy desires to do. This is what the Bible says. Have you brought us here just for me and these kings to die in the hand of the enemy? But it's the king of Judah that steps up and says, hold on. Is there not a prophet? In the middle of crisis, the one that values God steps up and steps in. And this is a principle for us to take a hold of. He steps in. Who is it that you run to in crisis? What is your response in crisis? Do we just get dramatic? Do we just quit when it's tough, when it's difficult? Here I am, God. This is it. You must have brought me here just to kill me. You you just brought me here for me to be embarrassed. You just brought me here for this to be the very end of me. Oh, no. Jehoshaphat steps up and says, isn't there a prophet here? Isn't there a man of God that can deliver the word? In the middle of my tough situation can i preach to somebody today that's why you need a pastor in your life can i oh can i just remind you today that's why you need a pastor in your life somebody that will speak to you somebody that will tell you straight somebody that isn't gonna sugarcoat it somebody that isn't gonna hide behind it because they don't want to offend you jehoshaphat says isn't there a prophet here that can give us the word of the lord in the difficult situation i'm in Do I just fold? Do I just die here? No, I need to hear the word of the Lord. Uh, Let me know what the man of God is saying. Uh, Let me walk in and put myself in position for the word of the Lord to direct my steps. Jehoshaphat inquires, isn't there one? And it's one of the servants of the king that doesn't honor God that steps up and say, yeah, there is a prophet, Elisha. Elisha, And notice this. This is just for for the leaders, if you would, at least. If I can just highlight this to somebody. Notice what the prophet is known for. He says this. Elisha, the prophet, the one that poured water on the hands of Elijah. The man of God, Elisha, is known. What is his reputation? It's that of a servant. That's what he's known for. It's not great and powerful things. He's just in the desert, in the wilderness, but he's known as the one that served Elijah. And Jehoshaphat says this: he says, He is the one we need to go to. The word of the Lord is with him. And this is what we read together. They show up to the prophet's house. They show up, and I can just see Elisha. He's in his pajamas. He's in his robe. He's got his chunkless on. He's there. He's eating that Pop-Tart I was talking about, the cinnamon, toasted just a little bit. Anybody know what I'm talking about? He probably took that real quick drink of cold milk. It, it was right here, little milk mustache right here. And he sees him. And he, Are you kidding me? I'm hiding in the wilderness, and you still find me? Trying to get some time away, and you still walk up to me? He says, what do I have to do with you? I know your mom and dad. I know Ahab and Jezebel. I know all the false gods you serve. I know all the time you waste with this and with that. I know all the idols in your life. What do you want to do with me? I come with truth. What do you want to do with me? I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to hide anything from you, king. I'm just going to tell you like it is. What do you want with me? Oh, you got to understand that th- th- we're going to die out here. The three of us, the three kings, we're going to die. And he looks at him, he raises his eyebrow, he says, you know what? If it wasn't for Jehoshaphat, I wouldn't even look at you today. You know what's amazing? The difference one relationship makes. Can I encourage somebody for just a minute? The difference that one relationship makes. God would place you in the lives of others. So that they can be influenced. So that they could be impacted. Can I, can I say that for just a minute? He looked at that man, that king, that man of influence, that man of wealth, that man of resources and said, I don't have anything to do with you. But the one I do have is the king of Judah. This one that honors the Lord. That does things right in the sight of God. And I'm telling this wonderful church, don't ever dismiss the power of just one relationship could it be in the middle of what you are going through remember the king of judah it wasn't his tax it wasn't his money but he is a part of it and he is assisting right now and it is only because of his presence that that man of god is even speaking to the ones that are in need Can I say this to somebody? God would place you in positions where people don't even value God, where people don't ever acknowledge him, but because you are in the room, because you are present, God is about to do something in their life for them to benefit. I'm sorry that's not for you. That's not a selfish word, but you and I were not sent and here and a part of the church to just get what we want. I want to make a difference in somebody else's life. How can I help and impact somebody else? And you're placed in a position as that one person at times to make an impact, to make a difference. Elisha's obviously upset. He's not happy about it, but notice what he does. He's upset, he's angry, but he calls for a musician. He calls, verse number 15, I believe it is, Brandon, you can put that up for me. But now... Bring me a musician. There's no name. It's just a role. There's no fanfare. It's just a role that is being filled. Can I speak to somebody for just a moment? This may not be for everybody, but for those that are serving in a role. If I could speak for just a moment to our musicians and those that are working... Working on it and developing and those that are serving in different capacities, sound and media and and creative elements and, and, and Sunday school and crew and jam. Can I tell you, just serving in the role. Just in the role. There was no recognition. There was no, there was no attention. We don't know who the musician is. But when the prophet was needing to deliver the word. He asked for a musician. He asked for a minstrel. And notice the impact that this one relationship had. And it came to pass when the minstrel played that the hand of the Lord came upon him. I can see Elisha. He's frustrated. Anybody ever been frustrated? Let me give you this example. you ever been mad and upset and then your favorite song comes on? Anybody know what I'm talking about? You're mad, you're upset, and then all of a sudden, that's your jam. And you might be alone in the car, but you just start smiling, getting cheesy. I was mad, but I mean, this is my song, don't mind me. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You're upset, and all of a sudden, that deep worship song comes on, you're like, "Mm, Lord, have your way your way. You, you were just having a terrible day. But in that moment, glory, hallelujah. This is what, anybody know what I'm talking about? It's like that. Elisha's upset. He's like, man, I don't even want to spend time with you. I'm in the wilderness. You come walking up to my house trying to have my Pop-Tart, and here you are in my face. I don't even like you. I don't like your mom and your dad either. You know that. You know what they did. You know what I mean? Come on now. And then all of a sudden, he says, I need a minstrel. And he begins to play. And when he begins to play, can I say this to somebody that's unrecognized? Can I say this to somebody that doesn't get attention in the role that you are serving? Though it's unnamed, though it is unnamed, what we read later on is not possible without what happens in verse number 15. Everything that takes place hinges upon the word of the Lord. And God has trusted this man, this prophet, to deliver that word. But if you didn't step in to play, if you didn't step in to serve that role, then he wouldn't have been sensitive and ready for the hand of the Lord to come upon him to deliver it. Somebody's going to miss this but somebody else is going to get this. That role that you are serving that is thankless, that area of your life that you are giving to that nobody else notices, that's practice, that's time, that's work, that's diligent effort, all of those things, though nobody else can hand clap for you. You are a part of the victory in a way nobody else can be. Hear me today. You Let me speak for just a moment to our musicians and those that are singing and serving all the time. Every Tuesday coming at 7, every Tuesday practicing at 8, all throughout the week serving in youth and young adults and coming on Sunday morning singing and playing and practicing. Here's another song. Here's another one, Tim. Can you do this? Can you know all of that? All of those things, thankless, not a lot of attention, but you're a part of the victory that takes place. You singing and ushering in the presence of the Lord is what allows us. When nobody else is noticing, Shane, you're just practicing. You're just learning the song at home. You got work. You got family. What are you doing? I'm putting myself in position because the word of the Lord is about to flow. There's going to be a victory, but it doesn't happen without a minstrel playing a role. The enemy would love to tell you, you're not a musician, you're not a preacher, whatever role you're serving in. He would love to tell you, your role is insignificant. Your role doesn't matter. Why serve? You're new to the church. What importance does it have to serve? Because every role plays a vital position in the victory and in what God is wanting to do. Don't dismiss it. Don't dismiss it. And here it is, he comes. I move quickly. Verse number 16, as soon as the hand of the Lord comes, this is what the voice of the Lord says Thus saith the Lord, make this valley full of ditches. Think about it for just a minute. Seven days in, you're out of water. Here we are, 15 days in January. It's dry, it's desert. You are desperate and you are at the man of God's home because you need a word, you need instruction that will give life and strength and not only to you but to everybody that's following you. I've got armies with me. I've got cattle. I've got children. I've got families with me. I need something. And you know what the word of the Lord is? He comes and he says, what you need to do is make this valley full of ditches. Excuse me? I came here for victory, bro. You ever walk into church and, God, I just need something fresh, and then the preaching is challenging? You're like, for real? You should be glad I just made it here. Can I be honest? Anybody know what I'm talking about? But the word of the Lord comes, and he says, let's say it's the word of the Lord. Make this valley, this desert, this dry ground that you are in, Make it full of ditches. I'm fatigued. I'm 15 days into January and I haven't seen my breakthrough yet. I'm 15 days in and I thought I was gonna be a millionaire by now. 15 days? Come on. Where's my breakthrough? Where's it at? I'm waiting for it. Make this valley full of ditches. You know how hard I've been working? You know how tired I am? You know how much trouble is going on in my life? You hear what they're saying about me? You know the complaints? The man of God said, make this valley full of ditches. Why do I have to keep digging when there's no water? Why do I have to keep working when there's nothing flowing into my life? Why should I keep sweating when nothing is even changing? We ask for the word of the Lord and then we question when he gives it to us. Maybe you don't, I do. God, this is what I need. God, direct me. God instruct me and then he gives it and I'm like, "What?" Why? What do you mean why? You want things to change, you need there to be a difference. Make this valley full of ditches. But I'm tired. But I don't, I don't see, God, why can't you just, why can't you just give us victory? Why can't you just make water flow out of the rock right now? Make this valley full of ditches. Verse number 17. For thus saith the Lord, you're not going to see the wind. You're not even going to see rain. Yet the valley shall be filled with water. Think about this for just a moment. He's telling you straight up from the beginning, dig the ditches. But just so you know, uh, you're not going to see anything. What? This is, I'm preaching to somebody right now. You've been praying. You've been believing. You've been asking. This is your year. Things are happening. God's like, just so you know, dig the ditch. But I want to tell you now, before you even start the process, you're not going to see anything. It's one thing to dig a ditch when It's raining. Oh yeah, it's raining. It's pouring. Let's go. Water is flowing. But when you're sweating, and it's dry, and you're thirsty, and you're starving, and everybody around you is complaining, like, "Man, this king man brought us out here. Does he really need the sheep's wool? Who is this guy living a good life? I'm out here digging. I'm out. Anybody know what I'm talking about? All of a sudden, you get a, you get an attitude. What purpose is this? I mean, we, we don't even see anything. Nothing's even happening right now. I'm preaching to somebody. Nothing is even happening right now. But he says, though you're not going to see the wind, and though you're not going to see the rain, I want you to see this. Yet the valley shall be filled with water that you may drink, you, your cattle, and your beast. Water is coming. It's not, it's not going to come the way you think it's going to come. It's not, it's not going to be a natural occasion. He is telling you from the very beginning, this is supernatural. Water is going to come. If you do the natural, I'll take care of the supernatural. If you do what you're able to do, and I know the rain isn't falling, but I want you to dig ditches. Why? Because I want you to make sure you are preparing for the provision that I am about to provide for you. What do you mean? Why am I digging ditches? Why am I digging these wells? Why am I spending the time? I'm preaching to somebody today in the middle of hard days, in the middle of difficulty, in the middle when you don't see anything changing. You have to keep digging the ditch. You have to keep digging. When things aren't well for your family, when things aren't well for your finances, when things aren't what what you really thought they were going to be, I'm going to keep digging. Why are you praying so much? Why are you digging a ditch? Why are you fasting the beginning of January? I'm digging. Why are you believing like that? I'm digging. Nothing's even happening. Nothing's even changed. I know, but I'm digging because his word has told me something is coming. Something is happening. Breakthrough is about to happen. There's something that's about to flow. Why are you digging like that, mama? Why are you digging like that, parents? Why are you giving like that? Why are you pouring out like that? Why are you committed like that? Why are you consistent like that? Because I'm digging a ditch. What's about to happen? And here's what takes place. We get so caught up in wanting the miraculous for the moment when God is trying to give us the miraculous for our life. Notice this. He said, you will have water that you will drink for you, your cattle, and your beasts. Verse number 18, we'll read it quickly. And this is, my God, but a light thing in the sight of the Lord. Keep it up there, Brandon. And he will deliver the Moabites also into your hand. What did they go asking for? They needed water. They were thirsty. They needed water. They needed something for the moment to get them by. The man of God comes with the word of the Lord and says, yeah, you came for water. God's about to do that. But just so you know, he wants to give you more than just something that will last for a moment. You know that enemy that you were after that you didn't ask about? He'll give you that too. He'll give you victory over something that you have to defeat. You didn't even ask for it. You weren't even ready for it. Why am I digging a ditch right now? Why am I taking the time to do this? Because when the water does come, and when that flash flood flows by, if you don't take the time to dig the ditch, you won't be able to retain what he provided if you get so frustrated and you say, forget this, I'm done digging, then understand this, you just limited what can flow into your life. But if you would dig when it doesn't make sense and when things aren't going your way, what are you doing in January? Nobody woke up and said, you know what, this year for January, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to dig ditches. You know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna work hard, and it doesn't matter that I don't see any effort from anybody else, that I don't see anything, I'm just gonna dig. Nobody does that. But there's an understanding here. Prince, if we would prepare now for what he is going to do, then we are able to retain what he desires to flow into our life. And it's not just water for today. It's not just water for tomorrow. He's saying, I don't want to just give you water. He's saying, I want to give you victory. I want you to be victorious. I won't be much longer here this morning. But what I'm saying to somebody today that has found themselves in a difficult place, in a dry place, in a desert place, and it doesn't feel like anything is changing, do not stop digging. I know it doesn't make sense, but I'm going to keep praying. I know nothing's changed, but I'm going to keep fasting. I I know nothing's changed, but I'm going to keep believing. I'm going to keep putting myself, I'm going to keep showing up to the church. I'm going to keep being faithful. I'm going to keep serving. Why are you doing that? I'm digging a ditch. Why? Because the water's coming. I, I don't know how it's coming i I don't know exactly what he's gonna do he said i won't see it he said i won't i won't even hear it but it's gonna be there and the bible says that in the morning sure enough in the morning verse number 19 we'll read through it he's telling them the promise this is what you're gonna do in verse number 20 and it came to pass in the morning When the meat offering was offered, that behold, there came water by the way of Edom, and the country was filled with water. That flash flood came running through, and you know where it remained? Everywhere there was a ditch. Everywhere, Sister Jones, there was somebody that took time to pray, took time to fast, took time to prepare. What are you doing? You're not perfect. I know I'm not perfect, but I'm digging. What are you doing you think you got it all together absolutely not but i'm digging why are you digging i got children i got a family i've got people that are coming to our church they need salvation they need water when they get there what are you digging for is it just for you no no i got a family I've got a community. I've got people that need water. So I'm not going to stop digging. You don't see anything? I don't see anything. You feel anything? I don't feel anything. You feel angels in the morning? I don't feel angels in the morning. You get a fresh word from the Lord today? No, I'm just going off what he said. Dig ditches. He told me to dig ditches, so that's what I'm going to do. Why are you working so hard? Because I'm going to start this year digging ditches so that whenever he wants to flow this year, there's somewhere he can flow into. There's an area that will be retaining for somebody else to take a hold of it. Would you stand with me all over the sanctuary today? This is what I felt God tell me. This is what I felt God instruct me last night is he was talking to me the way that he talks to me, working with it, working through this, reading the scriptures and going through it. And what, what it said in verse number 17, go back to 17 if you would, Brandon, for me. You shouldn't I see wind. You're not going to see it, okay? You're not going to see it, but there's going to be water. And then verse number 18. This is but a light thing in the sight of the Lord. They are coming desperate. They are coming feeling like this is it. This is where I die. I'm never getting out of this. There's no tomorrow. And the word of the Lord says this. This is but a light thing. This is just a light thing for me. It's so impacting. And I felt the Lord just speak to me to remind somebody today. He said, Jonathan, tell them to pray heavy prayers. I'm like, what exactly? Give Give me some... He said, those things that are heavy. He said, we talk about heaviness. We talk about those things that weigh us down. He said, I'm talking about those things. Tell them to pray those things that are heavy. I said, God, if you can give water to armies, you can give victory to armies, then I need to start understanding. Then I need to start praying heavy things. I need to pray things that are heavy. I need to pray things that are complicated. I need to pray things that are difficult things that overwhelm me things that weigh me down things that I could never see happening unless it was for the Lord I don't know what those things are in your life I know what those things are in my life but what I felt the Lord challenge and encourage me to encourage you with he said dig the ditches and start praying heavy prayers start praying things that nobody else is aware of those things that weigh you down moms and dads those things that weigh you down husbands and wives those things that weigh you down single." Single adult and young person, young adult, grandparents, those things that are heavy. He said, this is but a light thing in the sight of the Lord. Not only did he let water flow in, and we would think, okay, the water is in the ditch. How awesome, how powerful, how amazing. But because they, did hear me, because they dug the ditches, The water that came through in that flash flood, if you would, the water remained because of the ditches. And then notice what verse number 22 says. This is talking about the enemy. And they rose up early in the morning. And the sun shined upon the what? There wouldn't be water to shine on if there wasn't a ditch that was dug. And God uses this amazing phenomenon that he allows the sun to shine on the water and the Moabites see the water and they think it's red from blood. When you were dry and you were hurting and you were thirsty and there were blisters on your hands, you didn't know how the victory was going to come. All you were doing was being obedient to digging the ditch. And you didn't know that because you took that instruction and were obedient to it, and you dug the ditch, not only did you get water to drink from, but that water served as a weapon, as an indication to the enemy. And they walked over thinking that the battle was over, but what they didn't realize, they walked right into the armies of Israel and Judah and Edom. And victory was given. Because ditches were dug, and today I speak to the wonderful people of this church, who, in your situation, it may may not make sense why well, they'd be handing you a devil, uh, here a shovel, and telling you what the devil's been doing to you, what he's been saying about you, what he's been trying to in- intimidate you with. Those are just lies to keep you from digging. Those are just like, what, what, it's hot out here. Drop the shovel. Don't make a fool out of yourself. It's over. You're, come on, you know what your reputation is. You've always been addicted to that. You've always struggled. Why are you going to dig? You're tired. Your arms are heavy. Your shoulders are weary. What difference does it really make when there's no rain? Why are you digging when the sun is beating on your brow? It's not what I see right now. But it's what's coming. When is it gonna happen, Pastor Jonathan? When's it gonna happen? Is this next week? Is this one of those words by Wednesday your life is gonna be changed? No. No. I'm not standing here to tell you today. There's a certain date. I'm not standing here today to tell you that the miracle that is coming will be here in 24 hours. No, I'm not telling you it's here by the morning. I'm just telling you the word of the Lord is dig ditches in the valley. In the hard places, in the ground that doesn't seem to want to come up, in the areas that you haven't touched in a long time, would you dig ditches? Would you dig ditches? Why? Because you're preparing. You are preparing for the provision that's coming. And as we prepare to get ready to sing right now, this altar is open for those that want to dig today. This altar is not open for those that have it all together. It's perfect. Everything is understood. No. This is for those that are wanting to dig. God, there's some things in my life. I'm, I'm, I'm right in the middle of the process. I don't I don't see the rain. I don't feel the wind. I don't feel even a change of temperature. God, to be honest, I'm frustrated today. To be honest, I'm angry today. God, I don't understand, but I'm going to dig. Water is coming. It's going to flow. You're not going to see it. You're not going to hear it. It's supernatural. That comes from him. But what i can do is dig the ditch what i can do is prepare the heart what i can do is give my effort what i can do is give my time what i can do is give energy i can't control the weather i can't control the miraculous but i can control what i am willing to do and what i am willing to give and right here today the word of the lord is coming forth to you for you you can't speak for anybody else. You can't dig because of somebody else. This is a decision you're making today. This is a decision that you're making today. I'm going to dig. I don't see anything changing in family. I don't see anything changing in marriage. I don't see anything changing in career. I don't see anything changing in this attitude or that attitude. I don't see anything different yet, but I'm digging. I don't see any I'm, I'm trying and I'm believing. I believe, I believe for, for family, I believe for health, I believe for finance, I believe for it, but I don't see anything changing. But I'm digging, but I'm digging. Lord, when it comes, I'm ready. Lord, when it flows, there's a place for it to flow and remain in. Because it's for me and it's for those that are with me, it's for my family. It's for my children. It's for my community. It's for my church. It's for those that are... doesn't make sense, but I'm digging. I'm digging. How are you starting the year? I'm digging. Why? Why do you give so much? Why do you pour out so much energy and time? Why do you do so much in those areas? It doesn't seem like there's any return. Oh, no. I'm digging.